0: We have a responsibility to get the work to the streets. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast. Highways,
1: um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. Gotta have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we wanna be behind you
0: pushing.
2: Welcome into another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Digital Media Manager, Paul Coutoul, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. He handles government and constituent affairs uh, at MDOT. Today, we're on the road again. We are at the Mississippi Association of Supervisors Fall Workshop in Natchez, and we are on location to talk to Northern District Transportation Commissioner John Caldwell. Uh, Commissioner Caldwell, we really appreciate you making time for us. Thank
1: you, Paul. It's good to be here.
2: Absolutely. So just a little bit of information about Commissioner Caldwell. Uh, He served, he was elected to consecutive terms as a DeSoto County supervisor and served from 1996 to 2003. And he also has worked as a transportation director in school district. Uh, Very cool stuff. Was elected Northern District uh, Transportation Commissioner. So can you dive a little bit more into your career? What made you kind of want to get into public service and led uh, you to run for Northern District Transportation Commissioner?
1: Well, it's just a matter of being involved. Uh, it's not a matter of kind of setting your sights on anything that's elected. Uh, but, you know, when you get involved and you, and you care about the community and you start trying to make a difference, uh, sometimes those doors open up, and that's kind of where I found myself when I ran for county supervisor and, again, running for commissioner.
2: Excellent, excellent.
0: I know a lot of those things, you know, your history and the, the work that you've done throughout the past, being supervisor, especially being involved with the, the transportation aspects of the school districts. Uh, a lot of those contributed to uh, the qualities you have now as being the commissioner. How about your military service? i sure that went a long way in kind of preparing you or, or shaping you to be who you are.
1: Well, the military side is never going to leave me. And, and the Marine Corps likes to say, once a Marine, always a Marine. And I certainly feel that um, internally, not so much. You know, <laughs> as my body gets older, it's not so much felt externally. But you do feel that connection and, and that uh, military service is something I'm very proud of. Um, it's just a life of service has kind of been where I've focused my efforts,
0: and uh, the Marine Corps was very good to me. We've got, uh, got the big holiday coming up here, uh, Veterans Day. I was so important to so many folks. Uh, I'm sure that has a special meaning for you. Can I speak to that?
1: Oh, absolutely. The uh, Veterans Day, uh, different from Memorial Day, um, honors all veterans. And, you know, we have a friendly rivalry between the services. And of course, we harass the Air Force or the Coast Guard or some of the Army or Navy. So uh, that friendly rivalry, it kind of culminates in a a November 11th celebration. And we all get to kind of come together and and recognize the fact that there's people that have, have have gone before us that are serving today. And some are um, serving in peacetime, some in wartime, some are on the water, some are uh, in an office stuck in the Pentagon, and, yeah. and those, those people uh, deserve the recognition that it's a high calling. And uh, I, I really admire the ones that are uh, taking that challenge, especially today.
0: Uh, Mayor, Mayor Starkville, we had an interview a couple weeks ago. She she had a notion that uh, she thought that you know everybody should serve at least you know one or two years there. Everybody in the country. So I mean, hey, you know it might not be a bad idea. No, I'm
1: 100 percent against everybody serving. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not everybody. Well, we so, uh, you know there's there is a, a good argument to be made because sure. because there's a disconnect between the military service and the civilian world, and it's growing wider as fewer people serve um in percentage terms for sure. And but when you go through Marine Corps boot camp and you're looking around and you're realizing everybody doesn't need to be here for sure. And yeah you know, I mean there's I've got friends and family from brothers and sisters to children to um, you know, that haven't served. Sure. And and you know, there's there's people who their service is in a different realm. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So, so trying to drag everybody into the military service, I just don't think that's a, a good solution. But, you know, there's a good argument to be made for it because we, we are getting a little disconnected sure. from
0: our own society. So we, we need that connection. And I myself, obviously, you know, I, I don't have any military service. So tons of he, heaps of admiration for you and the other folks that, that have gone before us and, um, you know, a lot of the freedoms that we enjoy today. I want to make sure that's appreciated, Veterans Day. So if you, this will come out uh, right around that time so just remember thank a veteran for their
2: service Uh, appreciate everything that you and all those that have served have done no doubt no doubt um so let's get let's get an m dot a little bit so obviously i know there's a lot going on in the northern district is there any projects or kind of initiatives that you want to highlight you know
1: i always hesitate to get into specific projects um one, because once you mention one highway, somebody's raising their hand for another highway. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and and I see that down here at the supervisor Convention. Uh, everybody's got their own concerns, and, and, and they're all legitimate concerns. So, um, you know, prioritizing has got to be done, and so we do pick the ones that have the greatest challenges, um, and some of those may have a longer timeline to get those challenges addressed. But the, the Supervisor's... The mayors, the aldermen, um, state representatives, everybody's got um, kind of their pet projects that sure. they're concerned with in their district. But you know, the people have their pet projects in front of their house. Right. You sure. know, it, it's the highway in front of my house that takes me to my church or takes me to my school or takes me to work. Uh, that's the one that they're concerned about. Sure. And um, you know, their, their concern is of no less importance than mine. So. I try to stay away from the list, but I, I am glad to see some work getting done. Uh, we've had um, some good things happen from the state legislature helping us to um, federal government sending some more money down, and, and good people doing good work to get the projects out. So we we do, we are seeing a lot of orange barrels, you know, out there, and the roads getting worked on. But we're still, uh, as we work and we and we get kind of happy with what we're doing, if. if if you quantify it, we're still falling behind. So we have a lot of challenges ahead. And so I don't want to get too happy with the first three years.
2: You want to talk about some of those challenges and kind of how you're working to attack them?
1: Well, the biggest challenge is uh, long term funding for the department. Um, You know, our challenge is not even good people. We've got good people. We've got good facilities, we can buy good equipment. Um, We have challenges to actually fund our efforts. And those, those challenges are not going away anytime soon. So we're, we're trying to take a, a short-term look at what we can do in the near term, but also what we're trying to do long-term to find a perpetual source of funding as fuel receipts tend to be dropping. Uh, with advent of electric vehicles, that's gonna continue to, to happen. And so we have to figure out how are we gonna fund road repairs? How are we gonna fund road improvements? How are we gonna face the next generation of roads uh, and what they're gonna require, because there's always an improvement, whether it's, you know, there, people used to be happy when the dirt road got gravel, then the gravel got paved and everybody was happy, and then once it got paved, they wanted better stripes, and then they want reflectors, and then, the, you know, they need the lanes to be a little wider, then the two lanes needs to be four lanes, and so those kind of things continue, uh, and we have to look at the future. What is, what is is gonna be our challenge in the future, and what's gonna be uh, the road network, the, the rail, the intermodal side of what we do? Uh, how are we going to address that and we can not address it with current funding and there is no perpetual funding source right now to to help us address the future so we that's that's my focus right now sure
0: yes sir and certainly not the answer uh to that perpetual uh funding source moving forward but um a feather in the cap if you will uh, for for us here recently the lottery though uh has seen a lot of lottery projects in the northern district the lottery
1: projects have, have been priceless um, you know, we we prioritized the roads that we could get the most out of. So the, the ones that were we, we could get federal funds for and we can do an 80-20 split, we, it was more bang for the buck. Yeah. But what was happening is that some of the two-lane highways that didn't qualify for federal funds were just getting ignored. So we've had to um, address that, and the lottery funds has helped us do it. Now, the lottery funds, um, while very appreciative of $80 million a right. year, it's $80 million a year flat. So it doesn't cover inflation. It doesn't cover any kind of improvements or any kind of um, increase. So, uh, one of the big criticisms of the eighty-seven road plan was it didn't address inflation. It didn't have an incremental increase, and so the lottery funds did the same thing. Right. You know, so they came in. They capped it at eighty million, and, and we're getting a full eighty million, but we're getting less done every year with that same eighty million. So, um, we are seeing some things happen, and when the lottery funds was was a big. Uh, player sure. and getting some things moving last couple of years. Uh, the new money that the state allocated this year was a, you know, I don't know what we'd be doing without it. I right. mean, it's just they kept us from, from being broke. And so that that's important, and that's real, but it's one-time money. That's right. And so they can kind of lean and kind of tell us maybe we're going to get it again this coming year, right. and we and maybe we can count on it, maybe we can't. Uh, is it going to be 100%? Is it going to be 90% of what they gave us? Is it going to be 110% of what they gave us? We'll never know if they don't create a perpetual funding source. But at least they're recognizing the fact that, that we are short. We need yeah. the help uh, from another source of revenue besides the fuel tax.
0: So, you just alluded to kind of my next question, the inflation. I mean, it's really the effect on us and the agency. I'm sure it's you know, far wide, uh, other folks, but really taking an impact on our construction.
1: Inflation is hard to explain to folks because not only are we facing inflation with the jobs we're bidding out currently, you know we have factors built into our bids that allow us to get lower bids at times, um, but they have fuel adjustment charges that they can Man. add to it. So even bids that we approved over a year ago, if that project's not done, we're still spending, those costs actually go up yeah. in the middle of the job. So we have, we have a lot of inflationary pressures that are um, that are going to change our
0: way of thinking. It's been crazy, I mean, just to see the prices skyrocket the way they have this year.
2: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you breaking down all the, the funding and some of the challenges and things yeah. like that. So one of the cool things I've noticed, I keep up, up with you on Facebook, and I know you're out and about. You're uh, you know, riding the highways, the interstates, and looking at projects and things. So uh, kind of talk about the importance of getting out there and seeing things and talking to constituents. Well, the, of course, the state's divided into three districts, and, sure. and mine is
1: 33 counties and 11,000 miles. So there's really no way to, for me to do it any other way. I mean, I have to cover some ground. I have to get out. Uh, I have to see the roads. I have to see the people that ride those roads. Uh, it's almost like a nonstop campaign. I sure. mean, you're, you're stopping at the, at, at the diners and at the coffee shops and, and you're hearing from them and, and they're telling you things that you might not hear otherwise. So it's, it's, a, it's a valuable process. Uh, it's, it's a necessary process for me. Um, so and I, and I enjoy it. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of, of my decision to, to even run and, and participate in this position is um, you know, trying to help those people and listen to those people and trying to make a difference. That's kind of what
0: it's all about. That's awesome. Yeah, branching off a little bit here, kind of highlight a, a fun fact about you. Something made about everybody, maybe not everybody knows. We got an author in the house today. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, tell us a little about your book. Well, the book
1: was a little labor of love. That uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, well, a a memoir of military service. Right. Uh, my father was a Marine in World War II and Iwo Jima in Saipan and Saipan. Oh wow. And that's. Um, He kept a lot of his stories to himself, and and so we didn't hear a lot of it, and he's passed away since. And uh, it kind of woke me up to the fact that, you know, I don't really tell a lot of stories either. So I started to put them together and put them on paper, and it kind of grew and grew. And then my world is in the military bounces from civilian to the military reserve to active duty, you know, being activated for Desert Storm, activated for Iraqi freedom. Uh, A couple of times and so those kind of things just keep bouncing me back and then I go back to the civilian world to to the school bus world to the to the political world back to the Marine Corps world so those kind of things are are unique to reserve and so I started kind of writing it as a you know something that might help a reservist or a reservist family or a military family that's that's not understanding what their uh, husband son brother might be going to going through and so it just grew, and then the hardest part was just how do you stop the timeline? You know, okay. where, where, where do you end it? Um, I'm, I'm a big um, proponent of timelines. You know, whether it's in a, sure. in a, in a book or um, my dad taught me. If I'm not 15 minutes early, I'm late. So, and that's kind of stuck with me my entire life. And then in the Marines, I was in artillery, and time on target meant time on target. You didn't miss your timelines. And, and the world came to an end if you missed the timeline because we we made sure everybody knew it. And so, and then I got in the school bus world and timelines were important. Sure, I mean you can't just leave the kids sitting on the side of the road <laughs> <and> wondering <laughs> if the bus is going to get there. So uh, timelines have always been important. So that's something that I press when I'm discussing with the staff and discussing with other commissioners. Sure. and I'm like the timelines are killing me. You know they take too long and it's a process that that's it's burdensome. You know and we. We just have to fight through it.
0: Well, and that's an exact situation kind of that, you know, the public is not necessarily always privy to the rhymes and reasons for a project's duration or or, or extension even. Um, But they always see that it's it's still going on, you know, what's happening, right? So I think, you know, being engaged and and that focus on the timelines kind of go hand in hand with, just that public perception of that we're staying on top of things and moving projects forward. Yes,
1: People need to see something happening. Right. You know, and, and when when all of it's behind the scenes, it gets really sure. difficult. Um, some of it being behind the scenes is okay. But, right. But well, we need to see something happening yeah. on the ground, and that's something that you deal with every day. And um, when I travel those roads and, and do those visits and, and get around, they want to, you know— you can only tell them so many times. It's in the hands of engineers. Right. I mean, eventually they want to see it in the hand of the contractors. And yeah. They want to see people riding on better roads.
0: Dirt being moved. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: A uh, little bit off topic here, but I think we, so. We got a special session going on in Jackson today. Uh, any do you know, any info for us on the project that's being announced? No
1: inside scoop on that. Uh, we you know infrastructure is an important part of economic development. No and doubt. We definitely are a big fan of of trying to help uh, economic development in mississippi and where we can be a player and and be a uh, a teammate to to that effort we're we're certainly uh, interested and you know we're rooting them on but i'm just not familiar with that project
0: i think we're all kind of sitting tuned to to see what the announcements are today yeah oh yeah
2: so uh we got one more question for but before that i want to ask uh you know any other message that you kind of want to get out to the traveling public in the northern district about what's going on with transportation you know It's
1: interesting. You, know, you start talking about messages to the public, and then there's just so many variables. Sure, sure. You know, I get frustrated. You know, we spend a lot of money telling people don't hit a deer when it crosses the road, and, and that kind of frustrates me sometimes. I'm like, can we not get a better message out? Don't hit that deer. <laughs> I wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah. yep. But at the same time, uh, we do have a, a safety focus in what we do, and we do want to make sure that our roads are safe. And that's a lot of what the complaints are when people say, hey, this this intersection is dangerous this road is too dark or this you know these stripes are not done these reflectors aren't done these shoulders are washed out they're talking about safety as well sure and so we need to be able to respond and when we're um, short funded for one it's hard and we're short-handed Is another one um, north mississippi is a little unique uh, two counties in particular Desoto and marshall um, are very short-handed But when you're in Marshall County and you can get $17 an hour to push a two-wheeler in a a warehouse, an air-conditioned warehouse, not diminishing the value of pushing a two-wheeler in an air-conditioned warehouse, but I don't pay that much, you know, commission doesn't pay that much for our new workers. So we can't get anybody for $11 an hour when our neighbors are paying $17. So counties like DeSoto and Marshall where the pay is so high, uh, we're having real trouble, and so what happens is Benton County is taking people out of their county to help Marshall County. Tate County is taking people out of their county to help Desoto County, mm. and so we're we're trying to find creative solutions on how do we staff our uh, roadside help.
0: Kind of having to rob Peter to pay Paul. We I are. Like we're say, definitely yeah.
1: robbing Peter to pay Paul, and it's it's a it's something that's not ending anytime soon. Like I said, we're going to try to get more creative and find better solutions and, and find a way to get the pay up to get. Yeah to compete. I mean, we'll, we'll never catch up because if we catch up, they'll raise theirs. Sure. I mean, it's, that's a private industry right. uh, nature of the beast and they're going to always be able to trump us to some degree but they can't trump us $6 an hour's worth. we got to be able to make, kind of close that gap.
2: Competitive, so, right, yeah. Well, thanks for the insight. Will, let's, yeah. let's finish it up with uh, our favorite question here. The,
0: the big one, the money question here, so I, as you've alluded to uh, multiple times, you know, you spend a lot of time on the roads, you got to eat and we like to eat. We like to eat around here. Is there a favorite spot, maybe somewhere, or a hole in the wall? That
1: you know, that's not fair uh, because you know some places are better for Mexican food, and some that's are true. better for you know meat and three, and some are better for a big, greasy hamburger. So uh, I have a hard time picking a favorite. Okay. You know, but but the diners up and down the highway, I like to stop at uh, as, as opposed to. I mean, I, I spend enough time at the fast food joints as it is. <laughs> but any time i get a chance to to stop at um, good know, old mom sparks, and pop. sparks you know drive in you know yeah. in Tishomingo county or something like that that's always good to be able to um stop and get that home cooking and, and get a little um even more than the food the the personalities there yeah, that kind of kind of adds to the equation but um it, it's all over sure. you just got to look and okay. and and so I, I know you want the place to go but okay. the thing to do is to go out three or four days a week like we do and just and just keep going and keep stopping and, and you end up putting on the weight but that's, <laughs> that's a it, it's a good process and and definitely uh, you know people like to conjugate where the food is yep. and so where the people are is where we like to go and, and kind of make it Make the connection and find out what the troubles are, and and sometimes that little old lady on at, at the diner knows more about
0: the road troubles than, than we do. So you get we, yeah, so, so you get torn into for we, some of those. We yeah, just gotta absolutely. be able to listen and then make a, make adjustments. Oh yeah. What about uh, what's the go-to fast food? If you got if you gotta have a quick bite, you got all the options out there.
1: Go-to fast food for me is
0: it's is just gonna be the old-fashioned hamburger. Good old Mac uh. D's, Wendy's, something like that. Yeah, maybe Jack's. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll give
1: Jacks a prop a little I don't bit. I know that I've ever had <laughs> a burger from Jacks. You got it's old Jack in the Box. You Put know, it on the list. There. Yeah, there you go. we, we got yeah. plenty of places they, to stop, and they always got a milkshake to go with it. So, ooh, it's, that's it got good. me there. Yep, um, but yeah, I've, I've got to ration my milkshakes.
0: It's tough. But, but I can yeah, I, I can eat ice cream every day.
1: It's it's hard not to stop when you go through Walnut to stop and get a milkshake somewhere, and, and there's a few. I empathize.
0: There.
2: Absolutely. Very much. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll put that all on the list. And, you know, we're biased, but Mississippi has the best food in the world. And there's nothing better than uh, mom and pop in small-town Mississippi. Um, so we'll go ahead and, and wrap things up. Commissioner Caldwell, we really appreciate you. know, We know you're a busy guy. We really appreciate you making time for us.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate what you all do to, to help, you know, keep
2: the conversation alive and I think that's an, that's an important part of what we do. Thanks. We do appreciate it. Yeah. So we, we do want to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning into the Extra Mile podcast. Uh, remember you can watch and listen to episodes by visiting gom.com forward slash the extra mile. We want to thank our editor Drew Hall and our producer Katie Hornsby. They uh, do a lot behind the scenes for us. Remember you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, social media. The handle is at Mississippi DOT. Uh, remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.